The Falcons did whatever it took to land Jesse Bates last year in free agency, and it paid off in a major way. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. And guys, if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman, aka Sirius Black, aka Mr. Drew, aka Mr. AKA. And I've been covering the Falcons for far too long, far, far too long. And I used to do so formerly at falcfans.com, RIP, but still going strong in this illustrious podcast. And I appreciate each and every one of you that are everydayers of this illustrious podcast. And those of you that tune in to Lockdown Falcons as your first listen each and every day. And of course, if you want to become an everyday, all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So today we are finishing our positional reviews. I don't know if I'm going to devote a full episode to special teams. We'll see. We'll probably sprinkle it in somewhere at some point. Um, but uh, we're wrapping up our defense at the very least with these year in positional reviews. Uh, we'll talk later about Richie Grant. And while he may not be a starter moving forward, he still has value as a dime safety. And we'll talk about, you know, where the Falcons could potentially find a starter in free agency this offseason. But of course, if we're going to start talking about the safety position, we have to talk about the starter that the Falcons found in free agency last offseason in Jesse Bates, the pro bowler and second team all pro. And if you go back a year ago, almost exactly to the day, uh, as probably many of you are listening to this, uh, we did our safety positional review then, and we talked about the Falcons doing whatever it took to land Jesse Bates in free agency as a major upgrade for their safety position. Um, and, you know, given the season that Jesse Bates had, you know, I hate to be the guy that's like, I told you so, but, you know, I can't even take all the credit because it wasn't as if, like, I was the only person that believed that Jesse Bates would be a, a very valuable addition. I know we had Daniel Flick on the podcast uh, around, you know, sometime in February, and he was talking about how Jesse Bates was the sort of the whale that we needed to land or the big fish that we needed to land. And for instance, it was so obvious, but you know, there, there were some skeptics out there. There were some people that didn't believe, you know, I'm looking at you, Jarvis Davis of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it's understandable while Jarvis, you know, was maybe a little late to the Jesse Bates bandwagon because, you know, Jarvis is a faithful husband and a good father. And he just doesn't understand that Jesse Bates doesn't believe in monogamy. And if you're confused by what I'm talking about, I'm referencing something I discussed quite a bit towards the end of the season on the many extended all 22 reviews that I did for the Lockdown Falcons insider, but it broke down a bunch of plays over those last, you know, six, seven weeks where Jesse Bates would go rogue and he would cheat just to cheat the coverages, try to get some interceptions. And it, it paid off for him throughout this past season, right? The vast majority of his interceptions this year were times when he was cheating. 
right? We had multiple coaching staffs, opposing coaching staffs commenting on, oh, Jesse Bates broke the rules, and that's why he got that pick six against the Saints. That's why he picked off Bryce Young uh, in that week one opener. Uh, he did it. He got an interception against the Jets, and I'm, I'm probably blanking on another interception or two that he made, all because this man is a cheater. If it has a pulse, he will absolutely step out on you in favor of that other lady, so to speak. And I absolutely love this factor in, in Jesse Bates's game, right? You know, you got to find ways to entertain yourself when you're sitting down watching the all 22 of a middling football team uh, each and every week. And the thing that entertained me to no end and the lockdown Falcons insiders can attest to it is watching Jesse Bates just completely, you know, leave his corners out the dry on deep routes. Cause he's like, I'm, I'm cheating. I'm sprinting towards the line of scrimmage to try to jump this throw. Uh, and we love it. We love it. Absolutely. But you know, the issue with cheating, right, is, you know, it's maybe not sustainable long-term, right? It's kind of the idea of live by the sword, die by the sword. And and while I will absolutely enjoy watching Jesse Bates try to live by the sword, um, and, you know, I think he does the film work to be able to make it work better than probably most others, um, you know, it is certainly a thing where, you know, it may not always work, right? You know, when you, when you step out on your on your lady, you know, you might come home to, you know, all your stuff on the front yard, on the lawn, burned, you know, Angela Bassett walking away from uh, the, the burning car, all that stuff. So, um, you know, I think the Falcons need to try to upgrade that other safety spot next to Jesse Bates so that he can continue his philandering ways, right? You know, getting another ball hawking safety, I think, would be very valuable to this team because when we talk about what is depth, Right. And what is good depth on a football team? I think the the common misconception is, oh, if you have good depth, it's because you, all your backups are as good as your starters. No, that's not good depth. What's good depth is having backups that don't force you to change how you play when your starters go down. Right. And you wonder, OK, what happens if Jesse Bates were to get hurt and safeties tend to get hurt? It's, you know, relatively speaking, it's the running back of defense in terms of the most injury prone uh, position that has the shortest shelf life in the NFL, at least on the defense side of the ball, running back is the shortest. And you want to be able to play the way that you normally would play, even if Jesse Bates misses a, a game or two with that sort of rangy ball hawking, you know, sort of free safety. Um, and so I think you need to add another guy back there that can do that. We we, we, we watch Richie Grant struggle in that capacity. Um, and it's not because you think that other safety is going to be as good as Jesse Bates in that same role. But you don't have to necessarily change your complete scheme and be like, oh, we have to completely change how we're going to play defense because we don't have this capable, you know, deep safety. Right. And, you know, I'm reminded of you go back to that 2021 season when A.J. Terrell missed some early games and the Falcons were forced to put our favorite backup corner, T.J. Green, in the lineup. And they basically got real vanilla in their defense because, like, T.J. Green couldn't do A.J. Terrell stuff and, you know, couldn't come close to it. And so that's what we mean when you need to get good depth. You need to get guys. Again, you're not expecting a backup to be as good as A.J. Terrell, but you want a backup to be good enough that you don't have to feel like we have to ch completely change our scheme to suit you know the lesser level of player, right? So if you can go out there and get another safety that can give you what, 60 70% of what Jesse Bates can bring, that I think that would be a great addition to this team. And so that would allow Jesse Bates to you know continue his philandering, non-monogamous ways uh, that we so readily enjoy. But, you know, when we talked about 
adding Jesse Bates to this defense last year, we talked about not only bringing his playmaking ability, but we'd also talked about his ability to sort of be that guardian angel. And that would allow the other safety in Richie Grant to be a better player. And unfortunately, that was not necessarily the case. But I will make the argument that I think Richie Grant is probably a tad bit underrated and still brings value, even if it's only as a reserve player. And we'll break that down as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. Now, did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar that you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on a 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their RRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info, claim as of Q1 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. So continuing today's Locked On Falcons, I do want to plug the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. The first of its kind is also available on Amazon Fire TV, giving you the insight from the local experts on all the biggest stories on the national shows across the world. And if you're looking for more local flavor, check out the Locked On Sports Atlanta's 24-7 streaming channel as well on Amazon Fire TV. So let's talk about Richie Grant. And I'm going to say something very controversial on today's episode. I don't think Richie Grant was that bad that last year. Now, I'm not going to say he played well this year. It was a disappointing season. But I don't look at Richie Grant as a lost cause that probably so many others do. You know, I think there was good film from him this past year. It just got overshadowed by the bad film. Um, and the good film was that Richie Grant charting the defense this year did a, a pretty decent job. Not a great, but not an incredible job, but a decent job this year in-man coverage against tight ends, right? That when you look at his coverage against tight ends this year, the success rate he allowed was 50%, which is not ideal, but not like atrocious. And what was also notable was that he had the second highest force incompletion rate on the team behind AJ Terrell this year with 18% overall, or at least in man coverage. Um, And those force incompletions, as I discussed on yesterday's episode, is basically any incompletion that isn't deemed QB wide receiver error or, you know, like a batted ball from another defensive player or something like that. And what's also notable about Richie Grant is if you look at the eight targets when he was covering tight ends on third downs this year, he only gave up two first downs the entire season. Now we remember the bad plays, you know, getting beat by Trey McBride at the end of that Cardinals game, the double move, the Sam Laporte on that 45 yard touchdown in week three, the game winner to Kate Otten, a couple other, rough plays sprinkled in there as well, but there were some good plays as well. But of course, like no one cares because we are only focused on the bad plays. And, you know, to me, it rem- it's reminiscent to me of what happened with Brian Poole and Isaiah Oliver towards the end of their time here in Atlanta where, with Brian Poole in that 2018 season, he whiffed on that tackle against Drew Brees and people were like, he's, he's trash. He's bum. Get rid of him. And 
Brian Poole went on to finish that season pretty strong and it was playing really good football down the stretch in that 2018 season. Um, and when he went on to go to New York and play two pretty good years in New York as one of the better nickel cornerbacks in the NFL. And I know at least a couple of Falcon fans are like, you know, why did Brian Poole get better when he left Atlanta? It was like, he didn't get better. He played well at the, towards the end of his Atlanta days, but people had just written him off because of one bad play uh, in that Saints game. And I remember Isaiah Oliver early in that 2020 season um, defending Isaiah Oliver to folks on, on this podcast and being like, yeah, I don't think he's as bad as people make it out. And people are like, no, he's terrible. And then the Falcons moved him to nickel cornerback later that season. And then we watched Isaiah Oliver kind of become a fan favorite within the next year or two uh, with good play. And so I feel like Richie Grant's in a similar situation. Um, I think for a lot of people, they're down on Richie Grant. Understandably, he has not lived up to his draft billing as a second round pick. But one of the fundamental differences between myself and many of you is like, I don't really care where a player is drafted, right? Like at a certain point, it doesn't really matter anymore. It's it's really just about, can you help me win football games? And when I sit down and watch the all 22 on a weekly basis, like I'm paying attention to, are, are you helping me win football games? And I think Richie Gant can do that. Not as a starter, but as a dime safety, right? As a third safety, his versatility to be able to play in the slot, to play deep, play in the box, to me makes him, an ideal dime safety. He can cover tight ends to a decent level, right? And I'm hoping that similar to how Isaiah Oliver seemingly blossomed with Raheem Morris as their uh, defensive coordinator, right? That that move to nickel cornerback roughly coincided with Raheem Morris taking over as the interim head coach. I think his first game as a nickel was Dean, Dan Quinn's last game uh, as the head coach in Atlanta, but we saw Oliver continue that. You know, I'm hopeful that, you know, Richie Grant can have a better season in 2024 than what he had in 2023. Now, you know, is he probably still going to be a quote unquote bust, a one contract player and, you know, an underwhelming second round pick? Probably, you know, maybe that ship has sailed, but it doesn't mean that he still can't contribute in, in positive ways to this defense moving forward as a third safety. Now, I know a lot of people are like, well, DeMarco Helms could be that guy. And, you know, I thought Helms did a solid job uh, stepping in for Richie Grant as the sort of second safety down the stretch after the bye week. Although, again, I think part of it, I think Richie Grant actually played better after the bye week, after his benching. Um, you know, and again, maybe that has something to do with him being used on a more limited basis. And that's kind of the ideal role for him. Um, but again, because people had already written him off at that by that point, it was like, you know, after that Trey McBride touchdown that he gave up in that Cardinals game, people were pretty much done with Richie Grant at that point. But, um, you know, I think Helms brings some value. Um, we've discussed before. I, I think he's a little bit more limited in coverage, right? And that's that puts a lower ceiling. Like, to me, Richie Grant's, like, floor moving forward is a dime safety, and, and maybe there's a 4% chance that he turns into a halfway decent starter with his new coaching staff. Um, maybe. But like to me, Helms' ceiling is a dime safety, right? I think he's a classic box safety. He can be functional in coverage, right? But like I don't know if he's going to be a guy that can do a lot of the things that you want, that versatility that we're talking about of having. So, you know, I think Helms is a good fourth safety rather than an ideal third safety, in my humble opinion, um, and, and certainly not a guy that I would pencil in as a second safety. But I think he brings good depth. I think – you know, having guys like Grant and Helms coming off the bench that have started games and been, you know, quasi-productive starters is valuable 
for depth wise, right? Um, in the event of an injury to Jesse Bates or whoever the other starting safety is. But with DeMarco Hellams, I think you you bring him, Micah Abernathy to camp, they they duke it out for that fourth safety role, you know, probably primarily playing special teams next year. Uh, but if, you know, in the event of an injury, you, you can feel pretty good about that guy stepping in. You know, Richie Grant also can play special teams, so he can still contribute even if he's not as a starter. But if Richie Grant isn't starting, who will be starting next to Jesse Bates? Right? And I have a strong suspicion that the Falcons will be buyers once more in free agency, looking at several veterans that have familiarity with this new coaching staff under Raheem Morris and Jimmy Lake, and now Jerry Gray and Justin Hood. And we'll talk about some of those potential options that we could see the Falcons eyeing to do whatever it takes this offseason to get that guy into the building. And we'll talk about, about that as we wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. Now, are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure you could be that <laughs> ever ever wonder what adventure could be right around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have lineups of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. It's the perfect mid-size crossover for your next great adventure. I can attest to this because I rented a Nissan Rogue all week long for my city drives in Mobile, Alabama last week and i was hobnobbing with all the nfl insiders like you know mike garofalo and he was commenting on the 12.3 inch hd touchscreen infotainment system that no longer needs your phone to connect google assistant google maps or google play store because it's built right in and you know nissan also has an incredible lineup that includes the 2024 nissan armada it's going to change what you expect from a full-size suv and, you know, you can picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. Toe bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. And Prize Picks is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And now that the big game is right around the corner, it is finally demon time. And now you can win up to 100 times your money on your entry with as little as four correct picks you can turn ten dollars into a thousand dollars demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks squares marked with red goblin or i'm sorry red demons and green goblins get you different payouts you can now win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks big games big payouts it's all why prize picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app so many ways to win it's simple to play just pick two or more players pick more or less on the projected stats and it's just you versus the projection despite three million members playing you know you're sitting there wondering how can i possibly win but you, you can't because it's just you versus the projections and if patrick mahomes throws guys for just one yard in the big game you win with prize picks one entry is nailed all you got to do is figure out a couple more just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl in lowercase for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl promo code locked on nfl prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy so we are wrapping up the week, talking about the safety position. And next week, we'll start taking a deeper look into the quarterback quandary that you know so often plagues the Atlanta Falcons and, and may wind up playing the Falcons for many years to come, unless they can solve it this year. And we'll break down some different ways in which the Falcons can solve that. But we'll wrap up today's episode talking about some of the ways that the Falcons can solve their safety need, right? If Richie Grant is being relegated to being a role player in a dime player and not a full-time starter and the Falcons need to go out there and find that option 
to replace him this offseason. And I think it's very likely to come in free agency. There's a bunch of safeties that are going to hit the market that have familiarity and connections with this coaching staff under Raheem Morris, right? Whether we're talking about Jerry Gray, right, from Green Bay, Justin Hood, who's the new secondaries coach, who's also been in Green Bay the last couple of years. You got Jimmy Lake, spent time just most recently with the Rams alongside Raheem Morris, but also spent some time at Washington. And Washington has put out a bunch of guys into the NFL from the secondary during Jimmy Lake's time there. And so we look back at, you know, the previous regime under Arthur Smith is, you know, it was a lot of players that were brought in by former current coaches, right? Steve Jackson, the Falcons, former secondary coach, coached Jesse Bates for multiple seasons in Cincinnati. Right. You think that's a coincidence? The Falcons went out Mike Hughes, right? Cornerback addition played for Jerry Gray in Minnesota. Trey Flowers also a Cincinnati Bengal under Steve Jackson. So this has been a pattern. I'm, you know, I'm assuming that that pattern will continue with Raheem Morris, you know, and his coaching staff bringing in guys that are familiar. Um, but we'll just sort of have to see. But some of the names that we will be paying attention to as we approach free agency from the Packers, you got Darnell Savage. It's coming off a really good season. Um, Rudy Ford. Uh, Simone Biles' husband, a.k.a. Jonathan Owens, uh, are all hitting the market this offseason. And you look at some former Rams, like Jordan Fuller, Taylor Rapp, John Johnson III, are also free agents this offseason. And Taylor Rapp especially, not only was a former Ram, but also was a former Washington Husky who played under Jimmy Lake. And we commented before that when Rapp was coming into the NFL, I think back in 2019, Jimmy Lake was quoted as saying, he's the smartest player I've ever known. Or I've ever coached, right? And so at this point in time, you know, I haven't done a deep dive on watching these guys' film, you know, and as we get closer to March, I probably will do that. But, you know, looking at some of the general overview, some PFF data, it looks like, you know, if you're looking for someone that can be that sort of versatile piece, similar to Richie Grant, that can play deep, play in a box, play in a slot, then I think Darnell Savage and Taylor Rapp are probably the best bets because they they have some familiarity with a similar role in their respective places. If you're looking for someone that's more of that deep safety, then Johnson and Fuller are better suited for that. Um, and we'll just sort of have to see how that goes. But I think the Falcons will have some options at that safety position. I would be very surprised if between Savage, Rapp, or Fuller, None of those guys are Falcons in 2024 at this point in time. So we'll see what happens with those guys. We'll see if they make it to the market. I would assume at least one or more of those guys will hit the market, but we'll just have to see. But, you know, if the Falcons aren't going to be able to get their answers at the starting spot in free agency, you know, does that leave them open to drafting a safety? And I, I could see the Falcons drafting a safety. Um, you know, if this new regime isn't as sold on DeMarco Hellams as the old regime was, Right? He's not their guy, right? We've seen that with Jalen Hawkins getting replaced, you know, by DeMarco Helms. It wouldn't be a complete surprise if DeMarco Helms gets replaced by another sort of late round guy. Now, you got Richie Grant entering a contract year this year, meaning that he'll be a free agent after the 2024 season. And if you're assuming, as we discussed earlier, he's a one contract guy and he's going to walk in free agency next year. If you're not convinced that DeMarco Helms can easily slide into that third safety spot, you know, in 2025, then maybe you draft that guy that you think could be that guy in this year's draft. Now, I don't think that's going to be an early round pick. I think that's probably more likely to be a day three pick. 
Um, because I feel like again, with all the free agent options that should be available, the Falcons won't need to draft a a use an early round pick on a safety. They can just look for a depth piece, you know, on probably day three, somewhere after round four or later, or something like that. But we'll we'll see, right? As we get closer to free agents, as I as I already mentioned. I'm going to dip in the film, watch, you know, several of these guys and sort of probably wind up doing the thing we did last year. And then we've done the last couple of years, come up with our own, my own wish list of here's who I would sign to solve the Falcons needs in free agency. Usually I, I come up with, you know, like a dozen guys in the Falcons will sign like maybe two out of those, uh, out of those 12 guys. So we'll, we'll see how last year, you know, we had Kate Nelson, we had Jesse Bates. There was somebody else. I can't remember anyway, but you know, that's, a ways away. We'll, we'll get there at some point, but in the meantime, we're, we're going to do some quarterback conversations on next week's episodes. We have some guests come on. I know it's been a while since we've had some regulars on, on the show, and I, I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing my voice at this point in time. So we'll get some other people's different perspective on, you know, the recent hires as well as our off season priorities. Um, at some point I, I do want to talk to some Rams people to get their insight into this, you know, Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson and some of these other guys as well. So, uh, that will be something that you guys can expect in the coming weeks as we get geared up for a combine. Uh, if you want to become a Locked On Falcons insider and get access to those extended All-22 reviews that showed Jesse Bates, you know, being non-monogamous, uh, you can do so at the link in the description below at joinsubtext.com slash Falcons, And that will also give you access to the All-22 film breakdowns that I'm going to be doing of the quarterbacks. I mentioned on yesterday's episode, I'll be doing Spencer Rattler, and Bo Nix, no, uh, that's my bad. J.J. McCarthy is up this week. Next week, my plan is to do Caleb Williams. The week after that, Drake May and then Jaden Daniels to get you guys geared up for the combine. Then the combine will hit, and then we'll see what's what, what after the combine. Maybe we'll have some, you know, veteran rumors or whatever. We'll, we'll get some more buzz, and maybe we could do Kirk Cousins. Maybe we could do Russell Wilson. Maybe we could do Justin Fields. Who knows at that point in time? So play it by ear. But, hey, if you join the Locked on Falcons Insiders by hitting that link at joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Falcons, hey, you get a 14-day free trial. So you basically, if you sign up today, you're going to get access, you know, for free for J.J. McCarthy and the Caleb Williams film breakdown. And then you can decide, you know, if you want to stick around for Drake May and Jane Daniels. So it'll be worth your while. It's 14-day free trial, then $4.99 a month after that. Not only do you get access to these film analysis, you also – get that one-on-one connection with me, right? If you're just, you know, laying up at, up at night, you know, and you're like, you know, just thinking about the Falcons, thinking about DeMarco Hellams, thinking about whatever you're thinking about, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't judge here on the podcast, you know, whatever is in the deep recesses in your mind at 1 AM, you know, you can hit me up. You know, that's the beauty of it. Right? You get that one-on-one connection. You can ask questions. You can provide your feedback. You, if you just want to vent a little, I'm there for you you know, in the wee hours of the morning. Um, so you can do that by hitting that link in the description below at joinsubtext.com slash Falcons to become a Lockdown Falcons inside. It's well worth your while, but that's going to do it for us, guys, on today's episode. We are done with the positional breakdowns. We'll we'll, we'll sprinkle in a special team breakdown at some point. We'll talk about we'll talk about Youngway Koo because I, I saw something recently that suggested that Youngway Koo is a potential cap cut, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but that will be a conversation for something else next week. Uh, you know, I think they'll probably restructure him instead, but we'll see. We'll, we'll get into that next week at some point. So look forward to that. Look forward to that all 22 breakdown of JJ McCarthy on the lockdown Falcons insider. We'll, we'll, we'll have some guests talking cousins and fields and probably Russell Wilson. And 
whoever else, Mason Rudolph, whoever else is on the Falcons radar. Uh, so we'll get into all of that, guys, potentially next week. So make sure Lockdown Falcons remains your first listen as an everydayer. Uh, on YouTube or wherever you subscribe to podcast, check out Lockdown Sports today. Lockdown Sports Atlanta's twenty four seven streaming channel right here on YouTube. Check out Lockdown NFL, and of course, you know there's a game. I don't know some game that's happening this weekend. Check out Lockdown Forty Niners, Lockdown Chiefs, and I'm sure they'll give you the insights as well. So that's going to do it for us, guys. It's all part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every 